Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are, and happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com/slash/sheck. It was a weekend of pro football and college, for that matter. Rich in storylines. Were the games as satisfying in terms of quality as the previous weeks? No, but like I say, perhaps even more compelling. Let's kibitz about those right now and try to get your head right for the beginning of the holiday season. I love it. When I was a child growing up, I used to call it when Thanksgiving, from Wednesday, the eve of Thanksgiving, through New Year's, I always used to call it uh, Shecker season. That's I know that's I know that's vain of me to own it that way, narcissistic. But I loved it because Thanksgiving is better than Christmas, and here's why in terms of the way it lays out. Because when you get to that Wednesday night, it's like when you just think of it as a short week as a long weekend. You know, the best night to go out if you have Monday off, if it's Columbus Day or whatever, so you don't have to go to work, you think Wow, I got you're so excited for the long weekend that you think Friday night's going to be a great night to head out. Saturday, I might even go out on Sunday because I'm able to. But you know what turns out being the best night of all? Thursday night, the one because you know oh, I only have to get through one more work day. That's when you go out on a twister if you're smart, if you know how to swing. That's what you do. Same thing. Thanksgiving, it's just the start. Night right now, you think oh holiday parties. It's gonna be it's gonna be an, an easy ride through Christmas. But Christmas has a sorrow attached to it because as soon as it's over, you're sort of like well. 364 more days till the next Christmas. But Thanksgiving, you when you're sitting there eating the turkey, you just think, wow, I got six more weeks to enjoy this. All right, listen, enough. Let's talk about why am I telling it to myself when instead I have two fine people in here in Studio 66 with whom I can kibitz. First of all, back in his chair after being away for the better part of a week, it is from NFL.com and NFL Fantasy Live. Adam Rank, what's the poop, fella, and welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. appreciate sure. you welcoming me back. A great thought, too. The, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, if you go home, if you're somebody like yourself, if you were going back to Pittsburgh, that Wednesday mm-hmm. is the night of nights. It is. Everybody's back in town and everybody's going crazy. And can you? I got something to bring up that, I, I'll be honest, I don't really want to have to bring up. But I feel I, I do. But I want this gentleman to be introduced. I because feel like I feel like I know him. where your head is. I don't think you do. Oh, all right. Well, this is exciting. Then the man uh, of whom you're uh, you're speaking is one at the move at move the sticks on Twitter. He's number one in our heart. It's Daniel Jeremiah, Pro Scout Supreme. How say you, fellow? What's the poop? 
I'm doing good, guys. But rank before you get to what you're getting ready to Hold say on. here. Before you get there, I want to start off with this. You want to start off? I really. I'm sorry. Is it, does I it know. have to do with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady absolutely, on Sunday night? Absolutely not. Oh, good. All right. So I just want to let me just set the table before you get into okay. it. Okay. Because so I don't want to get off the rails without first giving a quick table of contents here. Okay. Don't go away. Just stay here, please. We first we'll of get all, some other stuff. we're going to get to Peyton and Tom. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, some of the other big games. The bizarre day and that's putting it nicely in the nfc north what's going on in the afc north we have much to discuss so all right oh, and, and, and maybe also, some also, NCAA also, I was say, also as we do every week promise some ncaa talk which blacktail never let us get into but just i don't know it. why well that's he's gonna thing. edit it out he he likes pro football he doesn't like the college football all right go ahead rank what's the poop well this is tough and again i i say this is uh, it I don't really enjoy saying this, but I feel, and I, you are the two guys that I'd like to bring it up with the most, but I don't know. I just can't put this delicately, and I, I'm the kind of guy who doesn't pull any punches. I just mm-hmm. come out and say <laughs> these things when I've got something to share. I just share it. I don't want to sit here and beat around the bush. Speed oh, boy! Sorry. They're remaking Roadhouse. Oh, I know it. Oh. But, but that's old news to me. I'm disgusted about it. I, I mean... What are we doing? What are we doing as a society? I mean, I thought it was – I was offended that they meet, that they remade Red Dawn. I don't yeah. understand Hollywood's instincts. I've been saying this for a decade now. The, the idea that you take things that were executed well the first time and then unnecessarily remake them is so far off track. It's 180 degrees off of what they should do. Mm-hmm. Take movies that had a good concept. Mm-hmm. But were poorly executed. Right. Remake those. Why Roadhouse? Let's just go. I, I mean, listen. Let's take the uh, let's take the sledgehammer to the pyramids in Egypt. Then, <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, that's it's... it. Shut it all down. Shut it all down. If we're ma- remaking Roadhouse, don't you know that Swayze left us? This is how mm-hmm. we remember him mm-hmm. to remake his greatest work. Oh. I don't know what to say. It's all happy I... Thanksgiving. I don't know. Maybe it's not this year. Hard to be thankful for anything now. Thank you. By the way, does have Black, you ever seen? <laughs> does Black Tie think Roadhouse is a a restaurant, <laughs> b a street name, or c some kind of a dessert? All right, <laughs> let's get into it. We have a lot of football to discuss, but priorities, fellows, priorities. Let's play everybody's favorite game. Has Black Tie seen it? If you're new to the program, Black Tie behind the glass. It, it, what I resent about it is is that it's not just that he hasn't seen almost any movie ever made. It's, it's that he's proud of it. I don't know why. why I'm proud of this is gleefully is the, so. We you know we, should, we here's what we need to do. We need to start while, start out with an imaginary bank, and then you kind of put confidence dollars into oh, how fun. confident you are that Ooh. he's seen it or has it. Obviously, not I like for that. this one. All right, let, no, let's we, do it right now. Let's do it right now. Okay, so has Black Tie seen it? Rank you start. What, what's our confident bank? What's our what? What is our one to ten? Right? Is that how that works? We could do one to ten. Yeah, ten being the most confident. Yeah, uh, that he has not seen it. He has not seen it. I would go. <laughs> <laughs> the business cards are down from uh, from Jeremiah. He's going all in. Yeah, this is an all. I in. think he bet a couple of his kids. What? Okay, go ahead, Rank. All in. There's no ten. chance. Ten. Zero. He's not seen it. There's ten. zero chance he's seen this. Zero. Right. I'm gonna say I'm he gonna, thinks it's a pancake house. All right, we got to keep track of these. I'm gonna go seven, just because I don't want to. I, I I feel like there's a weird chance that this movie came out in 1989. All right, black tie behind the glass. Have you seen? Seen it, guys. You know I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down three dollars already. The, the the better bet would have been has he seen any Patrick Swayze movie? <laughs> and I would say I would say I'm about a five on Ghost. I think he's dated somewhere somebody along the way that made him watch Ghost. That's my only two long the food. only Swayze movie he's seen. Time oh. is short. Let's get into some football. But what about thank my you. thing? I, Rank got to start oh, yeah. off with of college thing. football. Well, no, no, this is totally unrelated to football, of oh. course, just to start us off. But, Rank, I was going to tell you, you know, you, you'd, a lot of times you, you download programs and they come with different features, you know, and mm-hmm. like Microsoft Word has spell check. Well, right. I don't I don't need spell check because I have spell check, okay, <laughs> because he's the guy. He's the guy when I make a spelling error. But this is the kind of a guy he doesn't, doesn't do it publicly. No, no. it's not doesn't about it, shaming. It's a direct message privately. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. you, you spelled Reigns wrong, okay, which oh, I did. I love that. I, I love did. that about So it's David. a courtesy, mm-hmm. and so I don't need spell check. I got spell check. Spell check. I like that. Oh, it's, well, everybody takes the time to let me know 
direct messaging or oh, otherwise to I know got, how useless me. I am. So no, I, I, I pass it on. I honestly appreciate it. One of the things that drives me crazy, and Dave, we've talked about this before, like if you have something stuck in your teeth and you'll be like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I got a little lettuce there. And a lot of times people get upset by that. Like, why are you upset that, you know what, fine, walk around with lettuce in your teeth for the whole day for all I care. What kind of friend do you want to be? Do you want to be the one who just lets people who who you call friend, you want to let them go through life, through the day, putting less than their best foot or teeth forward? No. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. I don't want to see that. I tell Rank, look, there's a little spinach in there. It would have been like earlier in the year, a Browns offensive coordinator not saying, you know what, Brandon Whedon's probably not the guy. You know, what kind of an offensive coordinator would you be to your head coach? <laughs> All right, we're on track. I was going to say back on track, but we were never on the Dave, track in transitioning. the first place. All right, so let's talk about it. Let's start with Sunday night's game, and the headline should be. I hear a lot of hand-wringing about the crummy weather and everything else, but can we just say, unironically for a moment, another great game. What a dandy Sunday nighter that oh. was. A fun one to sit there and uh, and drink in, especially in relatively warm Los Angeles, watching it freeze out there. And I hate to say it, but Rank, I don't want you to take the slings and arrows from the Peyton Manning supporters out there who apparently have endless amounts of patience watching this guy. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They were up 24 points at the half. And so that gave them the opportunity to try and grind the clock a little bit in the second half and, and give uh, Noshan Moreno well, 33, were, they were, 34 carries. They weren't running the ball very well. Well, they were 280 yards. Look, they were <laughs> devastating on the ground, no doubt. And Peyton Manning put together a game-saving drive when they were down seven. But the bottom line is this. He does not play well in the cold. And you can't say, well, it was windy outside because Tom Brady threw for 350 and three touchdowns and zero picks. So obviously Tom Brady was somehow impervious to these to these atrocious conditions that Peyton Manning. And here's the other thing. And let me go crazy here. I don't think you would be able to find even hooked up to a lie detector. I don't think you could say to John Elway, hey, be honest. Do you feel like maybe Peyton Manning's not the best fit in Denver? I don't think probably they would they uh, they would do the math on this, but a guy who doesn't do well in the cold is playing in Denver where it snows in January. That doesn't seem like the greatest fit. And, you know, for better or worse, the every team like every team he's ever played on in his career. This team is built around him like none other. No, no one else. The Packers are not built this way around Aaron Rodgers, although once you take him out, they completely collapse. They tied. They tied. The t- Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, no one has consistently, from his rookie year on, everything is built around Peyton Manning's skill set. He has one Super Bowl. When are we going to acknowledge this, DJ? Defend it. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I was telling Rank this earlier, you know, and I, I picked Denver to win this game, and I thought, you know, hey, let's, you know, this can get kind of carried away. Rank comes after him hard. You come after him hard. A lot of people come after Peyton hard. Because I, he's the best. Well, I know. Well, I've defended him. I've defended him a lot. I'm getting to it, Rank. But I, I just saw for the first time what I'm sure you guys have seen for a long time on social media, on Twitter. I just had tweeted out a tweet. I thought it was relatively harmless. I just said, you know, I'm watching this game. It's, you know, Tom Brady throws a much tighter ball than Peyton mm-hmm. Manning. It's a right. lot easier to control in these conditions. And I said the disparity in arm strength seems pretty obvious as well. Man, the Manning backers came at me hard. I mean, how? first of all, a lot of them just flat out said, how can you say that Tom Brady has a stronger arm than Peyton Manning? I didn't even know that was like a debate. Like mm-hmm. there's anybody that really believed that. Um, so, look, I, I saw the other side. I try and be objective when I'm looking at it. Uh, you know, he he made some, you know, after I had tweeted that out, he made two or three throws on that touchdown drive you were alluding to, a deep out to the left side, which was a really Terrific good Terrific ball. Right. Terrific throw. So he sprinkled a couple of those in. But you have to watch that game. There's a lot of balls that get hung up in the wind. And, and trying to figure it out and sort through it, uh, what I kind of came away with is Tom Brady, he can generate so much velocity with just his arm, meaning he, he can have a lot of bodies around his feet. He doesn't need a big platform. He can still throw the ball. Even if he just has to use his arm, he can make all the throws. When Peyton had a lot of room around him, like on that drive, those three throws he made, a lot of room because, in my opinion, because of the neck injury, I don't think he can just generate velocity from his upper body. He's got to use all legs, a lot of power from his legs to be able to get that velocity on the ball. So that explains why you see some of those throws where his arm strength looks okay. But then there's others where the ball just dies. And on just about all of them, you can see there's bodies around him. He doesn't have room to step, and it's all upper body. And at this point in time, 
I don't think he has enough arm strength just with his upper body to make those kind of throws. I thought that was a difference between him and Tom Brady. Uh, and Tom Brady, just the ball so much tighter, so much more velocity consistently. Just as throwers, you know, I thought on this stage and this setting and these conditions, it was a huge advantage for Tom Brady. And your first mistake was trying to be objective. I tried. That, I tried, dude. People on the internet don't like that. Everybody pick they, a side. They've already written this story about Peyton Manning, about you know being the the son of a, a former NFL player who played on a lot of bad teams and was much maligned. So this celebrated kid who went to Tennessee and and did all these things that everybody has it in their mind that this this that he has to go down as the greatest of all time, and they're just trying to jam that story you know to to fit what it is when reality is that it's just not reality he loses you go back to tennessee and you look at some of those games going up against florida you know what and they lay they lost some huge games that i i could say were probably his they fault. never beat florida never beat florida and then the year after he leaves t martin comes in <laughs> takes essentially <laughs> the same team Goes and wins a national championship, and that really set the course. He doesn't like. Here's what he doesn't like, Tom. I mean, uh, Peyton Manning. He doesn't like it when it's cold outside. Which again, it is not. I said earlier in the season, and apparently I wasn't all the way there. I said it's the equivalent of Superman's kryptonite being. You know, Superman has kryptonite. Ta- uh, Peyton Manning's is cold weather, which is a little more sizable than the amount of kryptonite available on the planet Earth. But it's starting to feel like Peyton Manning doesn't like the cold. It feels like almost. Half the earth is made out of kryptonite. Where I mean, guess what, Peyton Manning? You're going to have to play outside sometimes. That's the way that's that's the way football is structured. Everything's not under a dome, and everything isn't played in warm weather. That's that's kind of a, a big asterisk next to the so-called eighth greatest player, not quarterback, eighth right. greatest player in NFL history, according to the NFL Network's top 100 all-time list a couple of years ago. I mean, that's that's a, that's a, a pretty bad little uh, uh, picadillo to have in your game. It reminds me of the aliens from Signs, whose biggest weakness was water. So they landed on a planet that was 75% water, mm. attacking creatures who are made up of 80% water. It just, it, you Black picked tie? the wrong whoa, whoa, planet. Pause, pause, pause. Black tie? <laughs> Signs? <laughs> chance <laughs> <laughs> he, won't even, he won't even go to the music m night Shyamalan, anything six cents m night come on m night is a terrible director i know yeah i agree I, with I that i have seen six wait you're like i've director. never seen any of his movies but he's no terrible. i have seen six cents but he's been awful you didn't like six cents he well, did solid yeah but six it was, cents was pretty he's good been horrible the last I five it. six years maybe even 10 plus why does he go with the first name initial m well i noticed that i observed uh, a well, couple weeks that, ago sir? Stephen A. Smith, M. Wait, so somebody who goes by initials? No, I'm just saying, why does he go with the first uh, Just the one. Yeah. It's not like well, he's, it's, he's not M.L. Carr. It's like, you know? well, it's but it's like, you know what it's like is Stephen A. Smith. I was watching him. People call him, Stephen A., what do you think about that? The fact that he doesn't correct people, like, no, no, come on, it's Steve. Or Stephen. I'll even stand for Stephen. But that you have people address you as Stephen A., is my, just, well, that, that I, says all I need to know. Well, that, this, I don't need to know anything else about you. I have personal experience here because my grandfather was James T. Jeremiah, James Kirk? Thomas, oh, James oh. T. James T. Jeremiah, and you know, I remember as a kid growing up, people would say, you know, James T. is going to be doing this or James T. is going to be doing that. Not everybody. I mean, obviously, other people call him, you know, hmm. whatever. But you know, Mr. Jeremiah. But yeah, James T. So I do have that a little bit in my history. So maybe going forward, that, that could kind of separate me from the crowd a little bit. Yeah, all right. But my middle initials, um, James is my middle name, so it's Daniel J. Jeremiah. That, nah. Daniel J. Now, Daniel Dan J. J. Dan J. Dan I like Jeremiah as a first no. name more than I like James or Daniel, to be honest with you. No. It's ironic, and it's sad for you, but that's the, the well, way Well, a lot is. of people see I, DJ is the most popular thing I'm called, and then a lot of people call me Jeremiah, so maybe they're with you, Dave. Yeah. Hey, real quick, because I know you're going to run out of here in a minute. I want to say a couple things. First of all, they, I, I, I know the Peyton Manning gets heavy for some people. Drop me a line on Twitter. Enough. It's getting boring already with you no. on, on this Peyton thing. I'm, listen, I'm just reporting. And by the way, to Rank's point about writing a narrative and then and then filling in the blanks, the specifics to support that, we're guilty of that too. Is that you know Tony Romo in, on Sunday under five minutes in the fourth quarter? I tweeted out, "Hey, big game." Everything oh, uh, else. But did you do the Romoites come after you? Hard of course, after that? the Romo yeah. apologists were yeah. all over me. But yeah. listen, I I said right, after the game he 
led a great drive, and that's that. I said when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I'm not rooting for it to happen. Yeah. I've stated it, and so on some level, I suppose, intellectually, I would like to be validated. But I really, I, my heart isn't filled by Peyton Manning failing in big games or Tony Romo. But anyway, so the, one more thing I will say about Peyton Manning is, though, when he's backpedaling, he really got let off the hook. In the third quarter, yeah, it was in the third quarter. He's backpedaling. He throws that first. He throws that first bad pick. Mm-hmm. Then the second one, they get the ball back, and he's backpedaling, and he throws it, and Talib picks him off. But they right. call holding on Talib yeah. before the pass. That was another one that completely let Peyton off the hook because he because Demarius Thomas releases. Peyton Manning doesn't think he's going to do that. He thinks he's coming back. The fact that Talib held Demarius Thomas had no had no effect on where Peyton Manning went with that ball. He really dodged another bullet there. But I believe it was Woodyard dropped the the Manning pick that popped that Vereen popped up. Oh Vereen yeah, popped up in the air. There were interesting interesting that game. So many fumbles mm-hmm. because of weather, and also it seemed like a lot of drop passes on both on both sides. I don't think it was dramatically. More, you know, Demarius Thomas dropped some, Welker dropped some, but then on the other side, Shane Vereen with that cast on dropped mm-hmm. a couple balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just it was, a, it was, it was. A, I'll say this: it was an entertaining game, but it wasn't the the most well played. No, because the we- because the weather was crummy. Yeah. But I, and you know, I'll tell you this too: because I don't now, I, I don't know who fills the AFC vacuum of best team. I guess Patriots or something like that, because I, I guess that's who you would hold up, except for the fact that, as I've been saying now for a month since Vin, Vince Wilfork went out, there's no coming back from that. There, there's, no. I, it's not impossible that Brady and company could go on a, on a roll through the playoffs, but I find it hard to believe that they're going to win three games, including the Super Bowl, assuming they have one of the top two seeds, that they can put three straight games together where a team's not going to just uh, gash him on the run over you, 60 minutes. I mean, they, the, the Broncos tormented them with the run all you, through the night. But they are now lined up to have a first-round bind, so you're including the Super Bowl? I'm saying including the Super Bowl. I don't know that that team – I mean, l- listen, let's say it's the Seahawks. Who are you taking in that? If you had the Seahawks against either the Patriots or Broncos, boil it down to what that. If it, what, what if it was the Saints outside Well, in if New the York. Saints – guess what? If the Saints can't go in uh, next Monday night, can't go into Seattle and beat them then – what reason would you possibly think if, that they're going to do it Seattle, with a Super Bowl Seattle, trip on the line? It just seems like this, the way the season's gone. If if Seattle beats the Saints, let's just give them yeah. the Super Bowl. End of the story, Seattle goes to the Super Bowl. Because they're going to play at home, and nobody's going to beat them at home in the playoffs. And they're going to go what to happens? a cold-weather Super Bowl. I mean, it's like Pete Carroll couldn't have drawn this thing up any better. I'll tell you. Except I'll tell you the one, Lynch. Except for all the suspensions they're getting. Well, well Thurman's gone. Anybody else? Well, I mean, Brandon I, Browner might be gone. Apparently, he's not. Yeah. This isn't really? the first time a Seahawk yep. has been suspended. What is it? Adderall? Is that what they're doing? Or? Just, just PEDs as of right now, and they're very likely going to sign Antoine Winfield, who retired earlier this season. I know it's. I know it's the usual suspects, but assuming the Niners get into the playoffs, which is not a given, with uh, the retired Bruce Arians doing what he's doing down in Arizona with Carson Palmer and, and the rest of those guys. But if the Niners get in, as Crabtree comes back, Manningham continues to get up to speed, and so on. If their offensive line can heal up, they become a team that maybe can't, even though they've gotten humiliated a couple times in a row up in Seattle. I could see them putting it together and beating them. And the other one is another team that if things break right in terms of health the Packers I still can see they've had to, they've had some time to rest up now if they can't beat Detroit on Thursday then they're pretty much doomed but if they can get their way into the playoffs Aaron Rodgers get some some receiving options back there I could see in one 60 minute stretch him him uh, him doing something special up there. a couple other things I want to get to before I leave some football related some non-football related first of all let's go non-football related um, did you guys watch Miley Cyrus no. Year. You didn't see that? I don't know what it gives with that tongue. She's it's not really human. weird. But, gosh, then you're not going to get the tweet. You know? All right, lay it so on So she does this performance, right? She's on Sunday night like a, on the AMA. Yes, and she's wearing some kind of a cat, like, uh, bikini or it's like two. Mm. I don't know what it is. But behind her on this huge screen is this enormous cat. Like, cr- the cat's crying at one point in time. The cat's, like, kind of, like, singing a lot. It's, it's bizarre. Like, mm. totally bizarre. Mm-hmm. So I tweeted out, you know, just watched the Miley Cyrus performance at the AMAs, and all I could think about was Andres Galarraga. It's a very narrow audience <laughs> that you're paying to with that. Very but nice. I thought the two, the two gentlemen I get the joke even that. with the explanation, yeah. But I, I, was, I was off of uh, Twitter last night because I was actually watching Survivor Series, uh, taping ooh. the game. 
so I could fast forward through the uh, commercial. The wrestling you're talking about? Yes, yeah, the wrestling. So then here's my, my – uh, back to football point, and then I'll leave you guys. We, we, we've had a lot of fun. Really? <laughs> we've had a lot of fun talking about different uh, candidates for the USC job yeah. on, on yeah. this podcast. Right. So how about how about this one? We haven't heard this one before. I'm just throwing this out there. No information. This this just would be fun. I would love to see it. What about Rex Ryan as the what? head coach at USC? Oh, what the how works? much fun would that be? Yeah, if they continue to implode. Yeah, think, well, think about it. If he's not, if say he's not coming back to the Jets. Yeah, if you're Rex, Celebrity. if you're Rex Ryan, right. you've been the head man for a long time. Are you really want to go be the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys or you know wherever you're going to go, or would you rather go He'll be the head that. coach at, at USC? Oh man, I like it. I like where your head's at. I mean, if you floated Mike Tomlin before, yes, when they were and that's a little yeah. bit of the same formula because when you look at the successful college coaches of the last decade, Pete Carroll, defensive-minded NFL head coach; Nick Saban, defensive-minded NFL head coach. Look at the success Jim Moore has had at UCLA, defensive-minded mm-hmm. head coach. Rex Ryan, I mean, doing the media out here compared to what he's dealt with, it means be a piece of cake. He'd be a great recruiter. Scheme wise, he'd be able to do all the stuff that you have to do to play all these different offenses. Imagine in the pack. how much kid, fun would that be? One kid at least. I mean, well, by the way, you're, you're right. I was going to say anybody west of the Mississippi would naturally go out to to SC, but because he has cred in New York City, there would be no corner of the U.S. of A. that wouldn't be a, a player wouldn't find that appealing. He would be so big. Oh, it would be so much that fun. Everybody would want to play for him. It's a one in a million. I've never heard it mentioned one Such time anywhere. Such a great anywhere, call. But I just thought we talked about Tomlin earlier this year. Let's just throw out another name. In I fun. find that one fun. All right, before you go, and let's then and then Rank and I will kibitz more about the NFL game. Let's start but, the rumor mill, though. Let's okay. Rex Ryan to USC. I love it. Real quick, though, DJ, <laughs> and then you go. What is the, uh, the, the this thing that I get it? I'm not I, – and I talk – you want to you get abused on Twitter? Yeah. Bad mouth anything in the SEC. Oh, oh you're I, I just a, you're just an SEC hater. You're just a hater. Yeah, hey, go Tide. Go. All I can tell you is, first of all, if you didn't see last week, Nick Saban berate a reporter who asked him, "What do you think, Coach, about your star QB AJ McCarron on the cover of Sports Illustrated?" The way he berated this poor guy about. I don't know what you think I do in, with my time, but I don't have any time to sit around and watch TV. I don't know what's going on out there outside of what's going on with this football team. I watch 10 minutes of Weather Channel a day to see if it's raining outside, to see if we're practicing inside or out. That's all I see. And he, I mean, But continue. I don't understand what's up with these dumb questions. You're humorless. You have a God complex. You send a terrible message about priorities to young people. So wait. So if you go to Alabama, if I'm a parent and I'm going to send my star kid there, I can uh, expect that nothing else matters besides the football game. That's a, and unless he is definitely going to get drafted into the NFL, then the rest of the world is is still trivial for the four years that he spends with you, huh, Coach? I mean, it was such I mean an all time jerk move in my book by Nick Saban and more than enough for me to ra- root for anybody playing them until he's gone from there. But that aside. What is it Just about? Put that aside, Rank. Put that aside. All right, that's that that's aside. aside. Okay. I'm not a hater, but it's I, not well, in the middle. It's I not am in the disgusted. Middle. I it's am disgusted by that performance until, about what it says. Until Saban takes the DDFP challenge, which is you quit your job at Alabama, San Diego State, go baby. to San Diego State, and make <laughs> hey, them a national that. champion. There is no, you will not be considered. the Hey, best Rocky of all time. Long's done a lot of the building for you already, See? man. That's Aztecs. really a great point. And you know what would be another fun game to play is who has seen more movies, Nick Saban or Black <laughs> DJ, why is SEC? I get the idea philosophically that the reigning champion deserves to be kissed into number one on some level, but that's not, you know, listen, no sports operate practically based on that. You don't get any favoritism beyond on, in the NFL the Thursday night kickoff game at home unless you're the Ravens this year because the Orioles won't allow it. For the most, You don't get benefits from that. What has Bama done? Who have they beaten that is worthy of them being ahead of Florida State or Ohio State right now? I don't see it. I, I, I don't know what they've done. Well, What's Ohio on their State, resume? Ohio State's resume is not all that strong. Yet. Well, they beat Wisconsin, who's not bad, and if – they beat Michigan, Michigan State, State then I think their resume is, is superior to well, Bama, got- who beat, who gave up 42 to A&M. They will, will have beaten LSU, who has two losses in addition to the one loss that they took to Bama. They'll beat Missouri, who's good, but, I mean, they're, they're, let's they've not only get They've only lost one game, right? What happens if Missouri Fine. plays Ohio State? But they're not gr- – what do you mean, plays them? What happens if Missouri played Ohio State? I don't know. You tell me. I think it would be a pretty good game. Maybe. 
But and, and well, let's see what happens when Alabama plays them. And Auburn is fine, but they should really have. I mean, listen, come on. Auburn should have had two losses. They should have lost that game. They got a fluky play. I mean, where is this impressive SEC resume? What have they done that would make them? Well, oh, they're well, they're definitely one of the two teams. Now, who they play is up in the air. I don't get it. Well, you look at when they played these teams. I mean, Texas A&M was a, when they played them was a top ten team. Now that's changed. Ole Miss was a top. Well, so they've been exposed. Team. So what? LSU was a top fifteen team. Auburn's a top five team. Like when they play these teams, and and then to Alabama's credit, I mean, when you go back and look at these scores, I mean, goodness gracious, they're not housing teams the way Florida State is. Well, yeah, but it's not it's not that far off. I mean, forty five to three, forty eight to seven, fifty two to nothing, forty five to ten, thirty eight to seventeen. 20 to 7, 49 to nothing. There's not a lot of nail biters. I'll just say this to you. You can only play who's in front of you and all that kind of talk. But beating Wisconsin and Michigan and Michigan State, assuming they do that, is better in my book than beating A&M, Auburn, Missouri, which will be the three most impressive wins. Well, yeah, look, I look at that this whole thing differently a little bit. I just look from the eye test, and when when you match up, I mean, if Alabama played Ohio State tomorrow, I don't think it would be a very close game. That's an interesting point, and that's fair. And lastly, though, the Pac-12 is the best conference, right? The Pac-12, the depth of the Pac-12, outstanding. I mean, some some great wins. Washington State beat this USC team. I know it was Lane Kiffin another time ago. But you look, Utah beat Stanford. Arizona blows out Oregon. So in terms of the top-to-bottom depth, I don't think there's an argument. I think the Pac-12, absolutely the deepest conference. All right, you go after this. Is Lane Kiffin the worst head coach in the history of football? Because how could you wow. figure that he could be as bad, ha- the same talent yeah. as Ed Orgeron has, and had the benefit of the whole summer and to work with them and everything? Ed Orgeron takes over midseason and immediately they become a powerhouse team again. How bad a coach can you be that you can't <laughs> get these guys to win some games? Well, I don't. I don't even think it was really from like an X's and O's standpoint. And a lot's been made about guys that weren't even really on the field much with Kiffin that now are getting an opportunity. Buck Allen, the running back's been phenomenal. Uh, they've got Nelson Aguilar a lot more involved in the offense. Uh, but to me, it's just like the, the team was playing scared early in the year. He was coaching scared. They were playing scared. It was these little bubble screen left, bubble screen right. We're, you know, we don't, we're always talking about the scholarship uh, restrictions, constantly just in this little cocoon of fear. And it's like Ed Orgeron took over and was like, hey, you know what? We might have 45 guys or 46 guys, whatever we got here, that are healthy scholarship players. But we're USC. He never mentions the restrictions, the sanctions, nothing like that. They play free and confident. I, I think that's a that's a good lesson for any level of sport. I think if you if you try and operate out of fear, it's not going to work. Well, he, he played he played just twelve guys on defense against Stanford. Against Stanford. I find One you know sub. what that's a different conversation we should have at some other time, uh, DJ, because the virtues of you know, I guess striking fear in the hearts of your players, and to make it clear, I'm the man. And and but you know, it Nick Saban that, is pretty. Yeah, not even that. I'm just saying from the standpoint of calling a game like yeah, you're I guess scared I, and, and I get, operating you know like you you're mean, scared. Right? Like you know, oh, if we, but if we try, it's third and seven. But if we drop back, they could see. You know, we could have a turnover. Let's just run the ball. Let's get you know, like no, come on, you got to trust your players. Yeah, especially in college, and you can tell the kids love it if nothing else. All right, DJ, you got to go do Thank your you. fancy before, TV before DJ does leave. Though, as you guys said, I'm not a huge fan of the college game but if you are our listeners if you are a big fan of the college game make sure to check dj out on college football 24 7 with matt money smith and bucky brooks their podcast releases every uh Every Wednesday. There are competition. You don't promote that here. Well, it's no. a different audience. We're all in the same team. <laughs> I kid. Are I we? love DJ and everything he does, I Check hope, him out. turns yeah. to gold. Now, Every listen. Week. All right, DJ's going to go. Now, Rank and I will keep going. But we are, DJ, I don't think, is going to be a part of it. But we are, later in the week, even though it's Thanksgiving week, we are doing a second podcast. There will not be a ton of football talk, maybe a little bit of picks for Week 13. But just so you know, it is going to be the second annual pie-off. We're doing the pie-off later this week, so be on the lookout for that DDFP. Uh, spell check. Spell check. Spell check. Let's keep that alive. I like that. Yep. Spell check. See you, boys. Nice. All right, there he goes. The great Daniel Adios. Jeremiah, a.k.a. at Move the Sticks, and also, uh, like Black Tie points out, he's so in love with uh, Jeremiah, though. I wish Black Tie would promote us the way he promotes uh, Daniel Jeremiah's podcast. Do you think that when College he's... football 24-7. It's terrific stuff with money and Bucky. Mm-hmm. Do you ahead. think when, uh, when, when Black Tie is producing the coaches show, he interrupts Brian Billick and goes, hey, by the way, <laughs> just to let you know, DDFP coming up. Adam Rank is going to tell you why Tom Brady is the MVP. <laughs> um, 
And so, all right. I, let's. So, yeah, we have the pie off. And do you know what you're getting this year, Rank? Please do better. Last year you brought, we did it a year Pineapple ago. Pineapple pie? Handsome Hank brought in a homemade treacle tart, which won the award for oh, best geez. pie 2012. Rank brought in a drugstore. Don't call it that. That's not the headline. It was a, a gas station bought little junky in a wrapper thing. It was beneath you and beneath all the rest of us, too. You know, at least I condescended to bring something, unlike those ATL guys. Yeah, the Around the League boys showed up empty-handed and yet ate the most pie. Black Tie well, brought a mincemeat pie, and the God smote. Mark Sessler from around the league who showed up empty-handed. He's a vegetarian. I didn't know that, but he took a bite of the minced meat pie that Black Tie brought in, not knowing there was meat in there. He paid the price that he deserved to pay. Yeah, that was deserved. <laughs> I was delighted by that. So anyway, Instant so we'll karma. do that. Black Tie, you're going to have a pie? Yes, I don't know exactly what I'm going to I'll pay yet, for it. it you tell me be, what It has to be something mysterious, though. Tell me the dollar puzzle. amount, however much it costs, I'll pay for it. That's not the point. The point is to show up with something in your mix. I said I will. It's just right. going to be mysterious. I won't tell you what it is. Oh. Well, I hope it's not mysterious once we taste it. That's all. Anyway, all right, so we got uh, – so there were a bunch of games, the NFC North. I, you know, I don't know. What do you think, Rank? What was the worst outcome – I mean, I think the Packers losing at home with Scott Tolzien and then Matt Flynn. I, I you know, I pointed this out last tie. week. It was a tie, yeah, not a loss. But it's fascinating that in history, people are pointing out the tie and, you know, that it's so rare. But what about the fact that in the NFL Week 12, you had 10 backup QBs start games. That's an oxymoron, and it's also fascinating – 10 out of 13 games featured backup QB. I mean, or, or there were 10 backups in 13 games. And four of those games were backup v. backup. I find that remarkable. Oh, yeah. I also find it remarkable that Kellen Clemens, who got kicked to the curb by the New York Jets, outplay, uh, in favor of Mark Sanchez. Right. Outplayed Geno Smith, who the Jets drafted to replace Mark Sanchez. It's crazy. It is I mean, crazy. It's uh, it's perfect math. It works out perfectly unless you're a Jets fan. Or I mean, Detroit at home with Matt Stafford mm-hmm. losing to Greg Schiano's team, who now have won three but, in a row. But, but that's bad. The, but going back to the that game, that's my personal hell. The St. Louis Football Club now takes down the team your I, childhood team, the L.A. Rams. Play St. Louis in the summertime. You were a fan-free agent. You signed on with the Bears just before the kickoff of 2013. Things were looking things were looking terrific for you. Oh yeah. Until Jay Cutler went down. Yeah. And now, yeah. So now the Rams double up the Bears. That was terrible. Yeah, that's rough. I don't know now. First of all, who wins that division? I guess it comes down to Thursday, right? It comes down to Thanksgiving. It really does because if you look at the Bears' defense, they just can't stop anybody. And you talk about injuries. I admire the way the the uh, the way the Patriots seem to be able to find a way to win, and maybe it would be a little bit mm-hmm. different if Jay Cutler wasn't out. Not saying he's on the same level as. No, as I think somebody. it's their defense. So the the bigger issues defense, for them, you know, it all started to so... fall apart with when Henry Melton went down. Oh and, yeah, you know, Peanut Tillman has not been right, and I mean, so, I mean, they have had injury after injury. The Bears, and that's I say that you know, pro football has now become Jenga that you have to play. You're forcibly. Uh, required to play Jenga as a football team because everybody's going to have injuries. You just right. never know when you take one out which one is going to make it all collapse. But the Bears have had – so you can't really complain about injuries because everybody else is dealing. But the Bears, this is three years in a row where they start well and then injuries just decimate them and then they're out of the picture. I feel bad for them. It's tough. And then on Sunday night to listen to them go on, and, oh, Dominique Rogers, Cromartie's not like, – you know what? Pump the brakes. They- the worst one was that was Chris Collinsworth on Sunday night talking about, well, you know, this Denver offense is really missing Julius Thomas tonight. Wait, the guy who nobody had heard of with the possible exception of Julius Thomas's mother <laughs> three months ago – is the linchpin to an offense that still has the greatest quarterback in history or whatever he is, Wes Welker, Eric Decker, and Demarius Thomas. Wait, 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 what can you expect out of what, what could Peyton do in the under these circumstances? One, it's windy. Two, it's chilly. And three, he doesn't have Julius. What's his name? What? That I mean, the 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 apologizing is insane. Who gets the, so? Here's what I say. Why I say Thursday so important. It's a okay. great Thursday, by the way. For the first time, I think in history, all six teams 
have are playing for something at least. You the know, Raiders are still in the mix. Well, they, some... I mean, technically yeah, they are. Had they won it. against Tennessee, but they're they're Look, I know you. I know they're you. highly unlikely the Raiders to get it, but they do happen to have the tiebreaker against Pittsburgh for what that's worth. I they, know, okay, I know you hate this too, by the way. But if the season ended today, who would be the sixth seed? It's but like it's a, not ending. Today. I understand, but it's like five and isn't it Tennessee? It's Tennessee five and six. Tennessee lost to Jacksonville. Goodness gracious! Tennessee lost to Jacksonville, and they're 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 you in the playoffs what? right this, now. Let, Three teams get a buy. Let's just, How about, you know what, let's cut it yet. down. Well, better yet. You win your division or you don't go to the playoffs. No wild card. That's what I'm I say. Co-signed. I would say, you know what I say? Win your division or one wild card. Because then that would allow for a team like this season, the Chiefs, to get in. Mm. That's a little, that's a, that, that's a last year you, you wouldn't want to, I'm not sure of the records off the top of my head. But, you know, there are some seasons where they're a 13-3 and three and a 12-4 and four team and they happen to be the two best in the whole league. You don't want that team to miss out, but all right. right. So one wild card will take care of that. We don't need more than that. Would it be Would it be fun if they did the playoffs similarly to the way that they do college football, where the playoffs are only determined by your division record? Hmm. Because last year the St. Louis the St. Louis FC would have won that division last year. <laughs> that might have been unsatisfying. The, yeah, to based objective on the fans. Um, I say here's. I mean, it comes down to me, and I say the division. Uh, the NFC North comes down to Thursday because if they can survive, assuming Aaron Rodgers, and it, it certainly sounds from Mike McCarthy that Rodgers is not playing on Thursday, if they can somehow survive that game, if they can go into Detroit and steal that one, when Aaron Rodgers comes back, they resume their position as the clear-cut best team of in the course. division, and I think they would win it. Now, if the Lions win that game, they'll kind of put the Lions so far in the rearview mirror, it's going to be tough for the pack to catch up to them. And the Vi- and the Bears, like we say, decimated by injury. I think it's going to be the Lions. But, boy, that's a flawed team. Then you go and, and then you look at the AFC North, and believe me, I am not proud as a Steeler fan of the uh, of the Steelers or Ravens. I do not think that either one of them is a very good team. But as it happens right now, whoever wins that game is going to be in great position, first of all, for a wild card. And... Perhaps the AFC North. Witness, the Bengals still play both the Ravens and Steelers. They play the Chargers this weekend, and they still play Indianapolis. It's still very possible that the that the Steelers, who started as bad as they did, and the Ravens, who've been as, as crummy as they've been pretty much week in and week out, they, you know, they escape. Or they or they don't escape is basically the way their games go every week. One of those two teams could absolutely win the AFC North. In other words, parity equals mediocrity equals stink. And I know that people like the idea. I get that the league office certainly wants parity because it keeps the most possible fans engaged. But if you're a, fi- a fan of great teams and and sort of I like to rank things and list things, as do you rank, and if you care about the history, don't you like to be able to hold up and have those conversations about how would this team fare against history's all-time teams? You, couldn't do, you can't do that with any team, maybe with the exception of the Seahawks. But we'll see. They're a flawed team as well. No, but uh, these other pretty good too. Uh, let's see. Their defense is playing really well. All right, let's see. Let's see next but Monday. Let's it, see. How, let's see how good they are next Monday when they go up to Seattle. Because if they can't, if they can't play with them, then now, then there's no reason to expect them to be able to do it in January. Absolutely. It's funny to think too about the Steelers. They look like a team that could be the last playoff team, the number sixty, that kind of sneak in, and then they win their first game, and then they end up going to Denver in the second, and then beating the Broncos. Like that's. <laughs> The perfect that like, would that I would say I, I I have to say I think that's a terrible matchup. As much as I've tormented verbally uh, Peyton Manning on this podcast today, the Steelers have no secondary. They can, if, if they play a smart QB, that's when they'll be in a lot of trouble. Plus, they have trouble stopping the run too. Well, I think they did okay against Open Iowa. I mean, listen, the Steelers would have a puncher's chance named somebody... Ben Roethlisberger against anybody. I mean, they, he can win games by himself, but yeah, they still are are. It just seems like horribly one, flawed in the back line. One of these six-place teams just going into Denver and winning. Don't you know that that's the way it's going to go? Don't uh, you just know that whoever gets that sixth seed, as bad as we're going to bellyache about him between now and then, that that team's going to pull an upset, that there's no way that it's just going to go uh, to the chalk and the, and the, the third seed's going to roll that team. Yeah. All right, Black Tie wants us to wrap it up, so we'll do that then. Okay. Um, Before we do, though, just uh, I mentioned earlier that Brandon Browning could be suspended. It's possible he's facing a one-year suspension as we're taping here on Monday. Whoa. He's going to appeal that. That is uh, – Egad. 
That so, ain't jive. Not good. And they are supposed to sound trying to sign Antoine Whitfield, but that is not confirmed. As well, quite yet. a difference too. Or he was with them in the summertime and didn't uh, catch on full didn't time with the on, team. No. He's not. He's not. I mean, you know, listen. This is a guy who's at the end of his career. Much older, he's yep. smallish. He's not uh, necessarily as physical and big, obviously, as the Seahawks like their guys to be. Yep. It sounds like a bad fit. You know, listen. As much as we say this, like Rank just said, what if the Saints can go up there and really pick on? They don't tend to focus on their wide receivers, Drew Brees and company, as much as they do Jimmy Graham. But let's say they can get that game up there. Mm-hmm. Now the wheels are off. Now who knows? Because the because the Seahawks still have to go to the to the stick, and the the, the Niners that we've seen so far, I don't think equals what the Seahawks, what the what the Niners are going to be going forward. We'll see. I mean, now we could be talking right now, and they maybe by the time you're listening to this, they got smoked by RG three in D.C., but let's say that didn't happen. I, I mean, it's still plausible. I guess the Seahawks are so far out of reach, they're not going to give up the division. But, no. I, 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 you know, I think, the, I, I think the Niners and Seahawks are still possibly a lot closer than we perceive them to be. I, uh, last couple of weeks ago, Daniel Jeremiah spoke about how you love hypotheticals. I just got this idea of, like, when you get into one of these hypothetical diatribes, I should probably just get a sting plane, like an NFL sting plane, where it's almost like we're entering the crazy mind of Dave Damish. It's not crazy. It's like sounds All these things could happen. It's like, whoa, whoa. This has to happen. That has to happen. Oh, I know. Well, maybe I should just do, uh, maybe I should just do like uh, most of the talking heads do and just react yeah. specifically I'm to what just happened. I'm no, saying. I know. I, but I do. I, I marvel sitting I and watching these things. These people get paid so much money to sit directly after a game and react to what is directly in front of them and not be able to see any anything else. That's all they see. Right now, if you ask anybody, well, the Cardinals are 29 points better than the Colts, and the, the Colts are in real trouble. The Colts are in real trouble. And, I mean, there's nothing – there is nothing else that exists except what – I mean, it's kind of that Nick Saban thing. Like, I, all, all I know is exactly what is in front of me right now. And I, what else? I can't – I have no time to, to be bothered with those other possibilities. Well, as a, you're, you're awfully narrowly focused. You're not really providing any insight, I don't think. And then any team that had just lost, if they come back and win the following week, like, who, who would have seen this coming? That's right. Because well, you only watched one week, and the NFL changes well, so much I'll, from week to week. I'll tell you a perfect example. Who told you the Patriots were going to win on Sunday night? Me. A lot of people took the Broncos. Why? Now it's hard to see because we're a couple. Now we're removed from that game. But if you would ask the people on Friday or Saturday, the vast majority took the Broncos. Why? Because last seen, the Broncos went into a good can. Uh, it went. To, I mean, at home against Kansas City and handled them. The Patriots lost to Carolina. Ergo, well, obviously, the Broncos are better than the Patriots. Of course, I'm taking Peyton Manning against that team. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, listen. This is uh, people. People are loco. By the way, these NFL games are coin flips. Almost every single one of them is a coin flip. It's 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 like I say, back to my point of five minutes ago, parody equals mediocrity equals random equals ultimately unsatisfying for me. I much prefer, to, you know, team, top shelf teams that, you know, because an upset that upset has no meaning anymore. Everything. Right. What's an upset? The Jaguars of the Bucks going into Detroit. That should just never happen. That's a humiliation. That's that's a product of 21st century free agents moving here and there to and fro. That uh, it wouldn't have happened a generation or two ago. I don't love it. It's not my favorite thing. That's my honest opinion. Maybe I'll get a call from Kamish Goodell tonight. Maybe we'll see. All right, real quick before we wrap it up here, you were talking about the uh, backup quarterbacks and how ten backups were starting this past week. As you remember, last last season, I declared I declared it the year of the overtime. Well. Naturally, a little bit late, but this year, this season is definitely the year of the backup quarterback. And as I always say, you're only as good as your backup QB, and that it's never been as true mm-hmm. as this season right now. But speaking of one of my uh, random notes, uh, we have some tweets here that I wanted to read out. To All right, guys. blow through them. And, uh, you know, guys always send us a tweet, hashtag DDFP, and maybe like we're doing right now, maybe this will become a segment where we read about three tweets and uh, declare like a tweet of the week or something along those lines. If only our producer was so committed. Only if. All right, so first tweet comes from uh, Andy, at AndyTick23, who sends a link to you, Damashek, a Deadspin link, which shows off the charts of uh, the best deep deep ball throws in the league. And he uh, tags it with, uh, maybe it should be Jake Locker's sexy deep ball, because Jake Locker is number one on the chart. Number two, of course, is Russell Wilson. 
And um, uh, you know what I always say: numbers never lie. They never do. <laughs> and uh, obviously, Matt Schaub and Alex Smith are uh, last and second to last on that list. RG three, understandably, this season is at number twenty-seven. Uh, Peyton Manning is actually at number twelve. Surprisingly, that makes no sense. Yeah. But all right. Top three: Locker, Wilson, and Kaepernick. So that's one good tweet. Uh, thanks, Andy Tick. Another good tweet came from uh, Jedi at real at real Jedi twenty one. And I last week on the anniversary episode, I played one of the uh, DDFP old time theme songs. And mm. da- and I'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit. Damshek does not like that theme song. He uh, he actually sent me a message like, let's not use that theme song anymore. Which it's one was long. it? It's Damshek NFL. Yeah, that was uh, that was the theme song for like the first eighty episodes or so. And uh, I, gotta, I call those PBT. <laughs> got a response saying, new theme music. Obviously, this is a new listener who didn't listen to the first 80, first 80 episodes. He goes, new theme music, hashtag DDFP. Yeah, Black words. Tie brought him in. Ooh, la, and la. See, some people do love it, damn sure. All right, so but more maybe. people like the, the, the standard It was an one. anniversary, I felt. All like, right. You know what? Five million episodes. Let's uh, play something else. You're All a nostalgic right, softy. All right. Well, but the best tweet of the week definitely comes from at J B B Y L W T J B B Y Let I guess he goes at Damshek Damshek Super Bowl picks of the Texans and Falcons are a combined four and eighteen on the season hashtag DDFP hashtag Fire Damshek that hurts my feelings shots fired that's true and it's fair and I and I you know what I feel sad because you know what's fun as a side note I can't pat myself on the back first of all because I took mulligans and replaced them but for the record I did in the preseason have the Titans in the playoffs and the Rams in the playoffs which isn't really that far which both seem crazy but uh, now they're both making their bid but uh, yes the headline is I said was that what it was Falcons Texans yes sir not the Bengals you uh, you were struggling between the Bengals and Texans, so. and then I didn't like Geno Atkins when he was on the show. I didn't care for his attitude, so went I went with Texans. The Texans. Yeah, is that yeah. definitely right? Yep, seems Dang. right. Uh, that hurts my feelings. Mine are still in play. Are they? Who were they? Saints, Patriots. Ooh, that's a boy. That's about as close as you could get. That's for yeah. wow. I mean, you could have said Seahawks. Seahawks, yeah. Watch it. It'll be Seahawks. That's pretty strong. That's it. Black tie. That's well, so I had to make guys. up for the Chiefs pick last year. So I'm glad we're alternating these. So next year, whoever Dave picks is going to be a strong playoff. You've got to figure out. Yeah, you got to just figure out how to convince the world that you were talking about 2013. Oh, we were weren't the Chiefs. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, yeah. So black. Oh yeah. And subscribe on iTunes and leave comments and all that. And thanks to Rank because he helped line up Russell Wilson last week, and a lot of people listened to that one. Nice uh, Russell to jump on the phone with us. And we really did rank, e- uh, even though you weren't here, we were inspired by you. We like to carve it up. You know, people talk about those young QBs quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So we addressed not just, you know, we, he's not going to answer questions. Who would you want in the big game? What's he going to say to that, Russell Wilson? But we tried to carve <laughs> it up. Who's most handsome? Right. Who would win a foot race? Oh, nice. Who throws the sexiest deep ball? Black tie, uh, Black tie. he got a shout-out from Russell Wilson on that Ooh. one, as a matter of fact. It was more of a call-out. He called me out. But you know what? It's, it's, it's you know, it's, he it's, said it's getting cre- He said it's getting weird how much your producer talks about my sexy deep ball. Yes. And I agree. I, I couldn't argue with that. Who would know. you want to go on a road trip with? All those yeah, kind of questions. Very nice. Yeah, we went on all those, and Russell Wilson gave us frank answers. He pulled no punches I, on uh, I, I I was trying to to download that one. My phone crashed when I was at the O'Hare Airport, mm-hmm. and uh, then I had to go to the bar. <laughs> Is it weird to be drinking beers at like six in the morning? You're getting on a plane. You're like, eh, you know, I had a coffee. Isn't that like international waters when you're at yeah. the airport? Aren't don't the normal time rules. doesn't matter, right? In Buffalo, you know, there's a big range in the quality of food right. in airports. Obviously, I think everybody likes to make jokes though. About how bad the food is across the board in airports. That's false. No, you got to get out. Tra- false. Some places make it good. So, uh, Midway Airport in Chicago, not O'Hare, which is the oh. much larger airport, but Midway Airport in Chicago has Italian beefs that uh, that are delicious. They make mm-hmm. great beefs. Um, there are places here and there around the country, but another one is the um, is at uh, the in Buffalo. I'm trying to think uh, what the name of the place is. Is it the, is it the anchor? Is that the event inventor of the? Yeah, it's the anchor. I think it's the, the anchor Buffalo in wings. in the but in the airport. Anyway, they have wings. I flew out of there a couple of years to. ago. I flew out. It was nine a.m. I had a I had a thing of wings, blue cheese, and a beer. 
If they would have been serving deep dish pizza at the airport, I would have had some so, or Portillos or something like that. But they, good for you. But they had uh, the Goose Island is the uh, the, yeah. the beer from Chicago, and so you're sitting like normally I wouldn't sit there and start knocking them down, but I I don't know when I'm going to get back to Chicago, and I'm like uh, that's a that's a Goose Island beer that I haven't seen before, and it was at some sort of special IPA, and I'm like. Of course I've got to have one. Don't let the man tell you how it is. You tell the man how it's going to be. Yeah. When the, I don't care what, what the rules have been. I'm writing the, the new ones. Oh, and the bartender goes, do you want to have – she's like, do you want to take one to go? Oh. And I'm like, I, they won't let me walk onto a plane with a beer. Well, then they're like – if she, she goes, if I pour it in a You're coffee – You're not from Chicago. <laughs> Wait, no, that was Kevin Costner who said that in another movie, Black Tie's Never Seen. No, no, no. It was uh, Connery. That's the Chicago way. That's the Chicago way. Yeah, but no, you Kevin Costner, when the Canadian Mountie comes up on his horse and says, what you're doing is crazy or something like after they kill all the gangsters out in the big open area at the border mm. on the bridge. Right. And he said, what the, What are you doing? Blah, 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 whatever. And Costner says, you're not from Chicago. That's not the way we do things here. And he said, well, you're not from Chicago. Something <laughs> like that. But you're right. That's the Chicago way. Yeah. That which kind of sounds a little bit like Bane. Like, I was wondering what would break <laughs> first, your spirit or your body. Pretty good, Black Tie, better than yours. You can shake your head all you want till you come up with a better one. And the one last thing is Heath Evans was in with us, you know, former Patriots, Saint, Seahawks running back. Mm-hmm. He was delightful. We must get him back sooner rather than later, Black Tie. He said some controversial stuff. He said that uh, he feels that Randy Moss and Calvin Johnson both are better than Jerry Rice, which is, you know, pretty good stuff. Yeah. But he also said, I said, of all the people when you're sitting around at the NFL Network and you see a colleague walk into the room and you do you ever go like, oh, this guy? And his answer was Adam Rank. Oh. That's we'll put you two together. We, poor, you'll hash it all out. Poor me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you think I feel? I picked the Texans <laughs> and the Falcons to play in the Super Bowl. That's a great shame. Who knows? Those That's two. so uncalled for. And we also got to talk about, you know what? Is, Did, oh, has he never met Black Tie? Did he are you still doing? Oh, he knows Black Tie. Okay. Does, <laughs> the, uh, I get the point now. I get the joke. The... Um, uh, the, the, did you you wrote last year? You did the team in the race for the first overall pick. Are you yeah. doing that this year? No, that was canceled. You should do it again. Pick it up because it's a fascinating race between would be Super Bowl contenders. People, I'm not alone thinking the Texans and Falcons were favorites to get to the Super Bowl. They both have, they have a combined four win. They've each won two games. The Texans are now officially behind the Jags because the Jags beat them in Houston. Now they have to go to ja- for to Jacksonville for the rematch there. Atlanta has two. Um the Bucks now have three. It's really a fascinating race of who's going to get. And, and this is not a draft like last year where the first pick is going to be a left tackle. Right. It's going to be a quarterback or a, a difference-making linebacker. Oh, we're not allowed to say who could be. I don't know. Who knows what the Whatever rules are. Whatever the rules are. What did I tell you about what the man says and what you tell him? Anybody? The man says this is how we've done things. I say I don't care. This is how it's going to be going forward. Kind of like 20 minutes ago when Black Tie said wrap this up. Like that. When we're still going. Because right. we don't know. Because whoever would still be listening to this podcast right now will not be the ones who will be coming down on us. No, we're like Stan Gable. Some people would say <laughs> enough's enough. Stan Gable says I want more. You, you know? gotta want more. Yep, that's it. Stan Gable, our new and hero. And then that kid wants to come and ruin their pep rally. He knows they have a big game coming up. So he's like, nope, not only am I going to come ruin your little, you know, trying to get everybody motivated. It's homecoming weekend for crying out loud. Can you not wait to take the mic from the from the quarterback some other time? And, I mean, you know, maybe, and listen. Maybe what, when they're playing Florida, or they have some easy game. And what about, yeah, and what about yeah, you know, the, the other thing is, too, what kind of school is this? What kind of university <laughs> condones officially sanctioned events that involve getting drunk and riding tricycles and burp contests. Yeah. That's how they choose their Greek cancel, uh, council well, at, Adams, at, at Adams College? I mean, I don't know. If don't you know. ever participated in a Greek week, they are kind of fast and loose. I cannot imagine the NCAA smiles on what's going on over there at Adams. Probably not. I'm sure they probably got, via, they probably got on probation. That's why we don't see them in the BCS. I haven't seen Adams they in, had to get- in it. They must have. They may have got the death penalty. The death penalty, exactly. It could have been. By the way, spoiler alert for all this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we, uh, Are we allowed to talk about a movie that's twenty nine years old? Black tie. 
Yeah. There's much else to do here, but uh, call it a day. Thank you, Don Draper. Thank you, Black Tie. Thank you, Daniel Jeremiah. Thank you, Adam Rank, and thanks to everybody for those uh, delightful tweets out there. Keep them coming there. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. And uh, like I say, we'll be back with our pie, or the, the second annual pie off featuring Handsome Hank. Maybe a few others jumping in here. Black Tie, Rank, and myself. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.